0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 45 of the Northwest Method Express. I'm Jonathan, and today it's Eric. Hello, Eric. Afternoon, Jonathan. How's it going? It is going very well. And today, actually, we're going to talk about something that's near and dear to the city of Vancouver's heart right now, which is they announced yesterday, which would have been October 27th the michelin guide recommendations for the city and so we're sitting here looking at this list and we wanted to talk a little about it yeah i think first does anyone know what the michelin guide is well maybe i mean i think a lot of people have an idea in their minds yeah but maybe we should talk just a little bit about it i've got a little bit of a little bit of history here i'll throw some in and then you can throw as well it was first started in 1900 it was created actually by the Michelin tire company and basically what it was was it was a way for people to know as they were out on the road where they should go and eat and it's interesting because when the Michelin guide was first started there was actually less than 3000 cars in France and that's something we should make clear as well is that it was the Michelin tire company was based in France and then as things started to move forward more and more The Michelin Tire Company was actually giving these guides free, and then it started to gain such notoriety that that they were able to start to charge for it, and it moved into neighboring countries. It moved into Belgium, it moved into a lot of European countries, and actually moved because of the French influence in North Africa. It moved to places like even Algeria and Tunisia and places like that, so, you know, and We talk about this whole concept of three star, two star, one star. Do you want to talk a little bit about what that actually means? Sure, and it's it's
1: interesting because each star actually, there's a designation. A restaurant that receives one star, Mm -hmm. they're recognized as a very good restaurant. And you know, this is, if you're looking for Japanese cuisine, if you're looking for Italian cuisine, something specific, that's the place where you want to start off with. A two star, is they are really amazing cooks and it's worth a, a detour because like you said, this was a guide for people to travel the country yeah. and see other restaurants. Yeah. So, you know, when you're, let's talking old school, setting your route on a map yeah. and trying to figure out the route that you're gonna take, like this is a detour worth going and dining to. So. Yeah. That's what a two star designation is. And a three star designation is like exceptional cuisine. Like the food there is just so amazing that it is worthy just to travel to that country to dine in that restaurant. And in a lot of cases, you know, we
0: we do that. I mean, I know from personal experience and you could speak to it as well. I mean, I traveled to San Sebastian, Spain as a food destination journey. Mm -hmm. You know, San Sebastian, if people aren't aware, the highest percentage of Michelin stars per capita in the world. I you've been to Japan, you know, I mean, the number of the cities that you've been that host
1: Michelin star restaurants and it's finally, you know what? We've seen it recognized all around the world. It's finally come here to Vancouver. And it, what, what I mean, to me, what does that designate, like, you know, signify for you? Like, what does it finally, you know, mean as a, as a food destination for Vancouver?
0: Well, I mean, I think that when I think about it, it's like we, Vancouver, but not just Vancouver, but Canada as a whole, mm-hmm. is made it into the culinary elite as far as recognizing what we are capable of. I think that, honestly, if they were to look at this, there's, I mean, there's a reason why Vancouver and Toronto and Montreal Mm -hmm. uh, are starting to get the recognition. One, because of the quality of the food and the quality of the international influences in the food. But I think the other thing is, is that, I think Michelin has realized they've left Canada off the map for too long, right? Very much so, yep. And it's a cost factor. I mean, that's one of the big things is, they flew people out. It's not, they're not dealing with local, you know, evaluation
1: talent. They flew people into the city over multiple weeks. And, and multiple times. Yes. They, they're, they're, the Michelin people, they dine at these restaurants multiple times before they come up with, you know, their verdict. They're not gonna go to one place one time and give you, you know, the verdict. They're gonna go there multiple times to make sure uh, they've given that restaurant the, the best chance to, to represent themselves. And, you know, and I think you, the other thing, too, is is that if they're aware of
0: restaurants, they're going to go to those restaurants with expectations. If they don't get those expectations met once, the fact that they're going multiple times, it you know, it makes up for, you know, and I know that there are times when things just don't go right in the kitchen. Oh, absolutely. So you yeah. can't base the recommendations on one visit. So the fact that they do it multiple. So there's a significant cost. And when you're dealing with the fact that the cities involved here, it's not like the eastern seaboard of the US where you can go to Philadelphia and New York and Washington, D.C. and Boston in mm-hmm. you know, a quick train trip or car trip. Yeah, You know, you're dealing with, you know, significant
1: costs and significant time investments. Yeah, we're, I mean, not only are we, you know, on the map because of our real estate now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. We're finally put on the map because of the cuisine that we're putting forward. And it's a it's really... Awesome to see these restaurants getting recognized. Yeah. And let's talk about a couple of them, right? Sure. Right. So,
0: one of the big things that I think that we that we want to talk about. So, there were eight restaurants that were given one Michelin star. There are no restaurants in Vancouver that received two or three Michelin stars yet. We can talk a little bit later about why we think that's the case, but you know, I think we'll, we could just start at the top of the list and work our way down. Right? Okay. Annalena, you know, I mean, we're talking about uh Relatively new restaurant, as far as when we look at some of the more established restaurants yep. that are on the recommended list. Yep.
1: I mean, it's it's a very contemporary uh, take on Italian cuisine. Yeah. They do a really good job blending modernist techniques and and the flavors and the and and the produce of the West Coast. And I should I would say that Chef Michael Robbins, there. You know, I've I watched him grow through his experience through television and then seeing his f- cuisine. It is, is a, definitely a really, really cool spot to check out and they, they're very deserving to get that, that yeah. star, right? Uh, I think I've been there twice and every single time the this con- this service has been in- impeccable yeah. and yeah. the food is always consistent. yeah. And that's the biggest thing for, for this list is it's, it's impeccable service and consistency so that every single time it's, it, you're gonna get the exact same experience. Yeah. Barbara. Now, this is this is a
0: bit of a shocker, I think, to both you and I, not because the quality of the food, but because it's a bit of an unknown quantity because of how new the restaurant
1: is. You know, like, they've only got nine items on their entire that's, menu. That's crazy. That's, that's really cool. Right? I think that says a lot about their confidence of, of the food and the, the flavors that they're putting forth, but it just shows you how serious they are because they don't want to put forth something that's mediocre. they're going to do nine excellent dishes and you know you're going to have a different experience you go with every single time because you you get to play around and make that menu up yourself right yeah
0: absolutely burdock and co so this is actually for the school's perspective it's actually quite interesting because burdock is actually right across the street from the school and it's been around i want to say about nine or ten years one of the biggest things about it is Burdock lives farm to table. Everything that they do, they even go as far as, and I think we may have even talked about this in an earlier podcast. They go as far as to actually use locally grown lemongrass, grown just in the Fraser Valley. Oh wow, I had no idea. Okay, yeah. that's amazing. So you know, and and I think that what that does is it shows that the a lot of times the Michelin folks they do a little bit of research and they're rewarding not just quality food, but they were rewarding and interesting story. And again, it's a reason for people to want to come and
1: visit this restaurant when they come to Vancouver. So I, I think, you know, touching back on a previous podcast, I mean, limiting yourself to surrounding ingredients just forces you to elevate your technique and your creativity that much more mm-hmm. and so for a restaurant like Verdock which like you said we can literally throw a paper airplane across yeah. the street <laughs> too it, it's it just speaks to the team there and how much yeah. you know they're stepping out of out of the box
0: and it's a tiny restaurant how it's, many seats oh 35 maybe mm. at most mm. yeah and you know and, and even as far as they She's got planter boxes. Chef Andrea's got planter boxes on the outside of the restaurant yeah. where she's growing herbs and things like that. So yeah. it's, it's you know, it's it's
1: it's very cool. It's a very cool place. Gotta make it across the street at some point. Number four is Aiden and Kuang Jide Beijing Duck House. Um, You've been there. I've been there. I, you know, I, I'm lucky that, you know, my mom likes to take me out once a year for my birthday. And usually it's my pick. And for some reason I was just, I had to, I had to check it out. I'm like, I wanted to know what this 5D dining experience is. And what does this mean? What does 5D mean? So, um, what what is, what's the fifth D? I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't know if it's, in it. I can say if it's PG rated or not, but yes, Yes. anyway, (laughs) it's fantastic. It's, for me, it it was really, really cool to see a Asian restaurant recognized on this list and specifically Chinese cuisine. Mm -hmm. They do take Peking duck to a whole nother level. Yeah, I think it's actually worth just to go check out that experience because if you've never really had a true Peking duck experience, cuz let's face it, how many people have actually been to Beijing? Yeah. This is as as authentic and you know, it's a it's a, it's a word that we throw around all the time, it's as authentic as it gets. Yeah. And really, like if you've never tried Peking duck, that that has to be the place to check out. So, and the decor and the service is is really beautiful. So, yeah. Definitely something Amazing to see that a Chinese restaurant is getting recognized on this list. Cool. What, what did you draw oh, next on the list? Kise Tanto. Ooh.
0: So, Kisa Tanto is co owned by Tanis Ling, who's actually a grad of the school. She had another restaurant, Bao Bei, as well. And Kisa Tanto, the interesting thing about that is, and this is going to be a theme, I think, as we move forward more and more in the city, is that it's a fusion restaurant, Italian, Japanese fusion. Have you eaten there?
1: I, I have dined there a couple of times. Uh,
0: only, I need to say, <laughs> the reason that I have Eric talking to me today is because Eric eats at these restaurants, these quality restaurants. I'm doing way research. More,
1: way more than most of I'm us. I'm doing do. research for us, okay, Jonathan? We have to know what's out there, okay? I'm doing market research. Just like the hours of, you know, me being on Instagram every night, it's market <laughs> it's research. It's research. That's all it's about, okay? Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's good. I'm, I'm, I'm,
0: you definitely have a have, have a
1: value here. Thanks. So, what
0: did you think about Kisatanto?
1: <laughs> Kisatanto, I mean, like you said, fusion restaurant. And when it first came out, it was in top thirty new restaurants in On Route magazine, which comes out annually. And when Air Canada. For yeah, the best Air Canada. Of Canada yeah. yeah. And when we first heard the concept, Italian Japanese, everyone thought it very interesting. But very quickly, we were like, this makes so much sense. Sure. Two very subtle cuisines. Very, you know. Uh, technique-driven, and when you blend the two flavors and the two techniques together, it makes for a very, very interesting dining experience.
0: Well, again, the interesting thing about those two cuisines is generally they use very simple, Mm -hmm. very simple ingredients. Mm -hmm. And they both, I think, in a lot of ways are looked down upon by those people who practice French cuisine Mm -hmm. because it's not about covering everything in sauces, butter, Mm -hmm.
1: and, and all this it's What it's about is amplifying the quality of the ingredients. It just, yeah. I mean, it just shows you those two cuisines are so about the terroir and what is the product available in there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it, it drives me insane. Like, you know, something like a couple of raviolis can be costing $27, but when you see that this flavor profile is only available in this region, yeah. you understand like that's what is making that the cuisine. So yeah. Kisatanto, also amazing room. It is in the heart of Chinatown and it's yeah. just like it's almost like a speakeasy kind of feel. So it's really, really, really nice, beautiful room. cool. Cool. Yeah. Masayoshi. So
0: we have a pure Japanese restaurant yes. represented on the list. Yes. Dare
1: I ask? <laughs> I went there for my birthday once, and I went there right when I got out of the culinary school So my energy was very high my interest and my curiosity was super high and going to a place that was recognized as the most, you know Authentic Japanese after spending some time in Japan, but you know Masayoshi has been seen as the bee's knees He's he's the, the Japanese chef in Vancouver. He's actually surpassed Tojo as his yeah. best Japanese restaurant and for the value you actually you get in, in dining at Masayoshi, it's, it's, a, it's a really good value. You get almost 13 courses, including a bunch of sushi, mm-hmm. and they're done in such a beautiful, elegant manner. If you go to the Michelin Guide on, online, you can see the photos that they posted in this restaurant. Highly recommend it, especially for any sushi lovers out there.
0: Okay, cool. Now, we're getting to the last couple on the list. Published on Maine. Now published, it's interesting, they already received Quite a bit of notoriety in the past few months because they were named number one restaurant in Canada. They don't focus on one style of cuisine. They're focusing on clean, beautiful ingredients. Like you're just scrolling through their their webpage right now, and it's
1: like, oh my God. I mean, this is this is insanity. I mean, you're you're talking about a restaurant where all their their uh, plateware is designed for specific dishes, right? Yeah. They work with a lady, and I think her name's Cat Pino. Yeah. Cat, Cat Pino Ceramics, I believe that's her name. Yeah. I mean, they design everything in-house to work go, go along with the dishes. You're right, there isn't a specific type of, of flavor profile that this restaurant is. It is, I think, your quintessential Vancouver restaurant right yeah. now. It represents everything in terms of flavor profiles, technique, contemporary plating, and it is, if you're looking for good cocktails they've got they've got good cocktails too so
0: the one thing i would say and and i think maybe this might be a way of describing it
1: it's elevated farm to table oh you know what it's it's, it goes beyond that yeah our chef gus goes and forages himself him and another chef in the city i i I see them on instagram all the time they go and spend a couple days foraging mushrooms or whatever ingredients that they're choosing to use that season so but, 80, yeah. Yeah.
0: So, you know, and I think that there's a lot of people who develop relationships mm. with farmers. Like you said, these guys have taken it oh, to, that, level. to that next level. Yeah. And I think, and we'll see, we'll, we'll talk about a few of the other restaurants um, later on, but you'll, you'll start to sense a theme mm. in, in what we're doing. And then the last restaurant is St. Lawrence. So Saint Lawrence has a chef who has an established reputation in the city who decided that he was going to go home with mm-hmm. a restaurant. Mm-hmm. So he's done Italy, he's done Italian. He originally worked at Hawksworth, yeah. But he's decided that to, with Saint Lawrence that he's going to go back to his Quebecois roots and and really focus on
1: that. I have a huge, you know, appreciation for someone who literally built a restaurant empire. Around his 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 experiences, yeah. has a, had a number of restaurants out there, and decided you know like you said, go home, yeah. focus on on the flavors and the things that he he enjoys, and to see that you know I think last year they were number two restaurant in, in Canada. Yeah, they're still in the top one hundred list, and now to see them recognized also on the mission list is yeah is a, extraordinary. Yeah,
0: you know, and I think Chef J C has really I think there are two kinds of chefs that are working right now. You've got, at the high end, I think what you've got is you've got chefs who have decided that they want to really focus on family a little bit, mm-hmm. and they move out of the city, and they take their talents to parts of, of the Okanagan and Vancouver Island, where they can really sort of come up with that balance between coming having a great restaurant, but still having a life. Mm-hmm. I think that Chef JC here, what he's done is he's decided that by going back to his roots, that's where he gets his sanity from. Mm -hmm. And I I can't think of anybody in the city who does it better.
1: No. You know, as far as being able to pull those roots in. No, I I don't think anyone has absolutely like, you know, just grabbed the bull by the horns and just literally, you know, this is me. This is what I want to cook at this point in my life. And like you said, this is a way of connecting back to home. So this is what he's doing is amazing. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, so that's that's the eight restaurants that received a single Michelin star, and like we said, no restaurants got two or three. And I w- at this point, what I wanted to do is, I'm, I'm surmising a little bit about why they do this. I can't, I, I haven't looked at previous cities or previous countries who have got Michelin stars and maybe you know how many got twos and threes to start with. But my my feeling is is that they wanted to set a baseline. Mm-hmm. And by setting a baseline, if you come in and you start awarding three Michelin stars, you haven't really given people motivation to carry forward. Yep. And I almost think like, you at the one Michelin star level, then what you're saying to these people, these restaurateurs is, hey, you, have, you have still have ways to go before you're gonna meet what we've got in Paris or London or New York.
1: Absolutely. Right? Yep. So
0: I think that doing that is something that's really crucial but I also think that it gives motivation to the other ones on the list to be, especially some of the more established restaurants, Mm -hmm. just because you're established doesn't mean you're automatically Mission Star.
1: No, I mean, I think a lot of these restaurants were probably made aware a a number of months ago that Michelin's come to Vancouver and you know, an opportunity to make some changes and try to get on this list on the first go. And you know, it just, it speaks to how Contemporary and forward-thinking, the the restaurants that did make the list. Yeah, and you know, we're, we're not saying that they're the bee's knees in the city. Yeah. Um, these are those simply the ones that made the list. And there's a number of restaurants that aren't on the list that we feel, you know, are are, are just as highly sought after. Yeah. Right? Well,
0: and here's the, I was just scrolling on this list because I want one of the things that I wanted to talk about was the fact how many of these restaurants are outside of the downtown, right? So, and I think that what it really goes to show is the eclectic, um, and part of it, let, I mean, let's, let's face it, if you're starting up or you're, you have a small restaurant in the city and it's, it's owner operated and chef operated, you can't afford to be in the downtown core. No. And what you're doing is you're establishing yourselves in diff, you know, sort of really eclectic areas of the city. And like you said about published. Is it is a main street restaurant. Mm-hmm. It is, you know, an East Side restaurant. Mm-hmm. It draws some of the sort of the funky nature that you're going to get mm-hmm. that wouldn't exist necessarily in the expectations
1: of your, you know, your business clientele in the downtown core. I think I think those those business clientele have a certain expectation. Yeah, you have to go to the you know the established places such as like a highs or or a hotel restaurant in the Pan Pacific or something like that. Yeah. So you may not necessarily get that that creative push that you see outside of the that a little there, right? Because there's a lot of time, let's face it, it's for those those business meetings, it's more about the wine yeah. than it is about the food. It's true. Right? It's true. It's about the beverages more than anything else. So it's not surprising that, you know, those restaurants that are in downtown are are not necessarily scattered all throughout this list, right? So what I want to do is I
0: want to just pick a few other restaurants. I I mean, the focus, I think, you know, we want to talk about there's three different categories that are here. There's those restaurants that receive Michelin stars. There's another one called the Bib Gourmand. And basically what that is, these are restaurants that you can get two courses and a drink for less than $60. And I would argue, you may think differently, Eric, but I, I would argue that these restaurants that are on this list are the ones that are the most accessible
1: to the across the board to the average Vancouverite. These are the restaurants that I want to go on a regular basis. Yes. Whereas the Michelin star restaurants, those are special occasion restaurants.
0: But I think, you know, I think you're absolutely right. I think that, you know, for me, as I look at the bib gourmand, there's, first of all, I have to call out because A, our we have a grad there who is chef de cuisine, but second of all, it's my favorite restaurant in the city, which is Say Mercy. Mm. And we talked earlier with Quisitanto about fusion. This is Italian Southern food, Southern American food fusion, And I think that, again, what that does is it gives you so much flexibility, but you know, Say Mercy, I'm actually going there again on Saturday night. Because uh, <laughs> what, what I do, like, I, I, I feel like every time I talk about it with somebody, they're like, oh, well, I want to go there. Yeah. So then we take them, and of course we actually have to go with you them. You have to because you know we're 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 a food tour guy.
1: Exactly. I mean uh, that, that's 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 <laughs> our you know our fallback job that we have. You know we instructors, podcasters, and now our you know food tour guys are our fallback last fallback. So exactly. So
0: I, 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 on that list, what what's yours?
1: I, I for myself, the one that jumps off the right away is Nampen. Yeah. Yeah. It's a small, actually not so small, but it's a mom and pop. Cambodian Vietnamese restaurant in the heart of Chinatown. You can go there and get something different every single time because their menu is so eclectic and so big, but every single time I go back there, two things I'm going after is their butter beef and their chicken wings. They're two things that just jump off the plate with tremendous flavor that you have never experienced anywhere else. So for for that place to be on this list, I'm very happy to see that on the other list. Yeah. And the other one, I'm gonna let you plug this one. There's another, you know, restaurant on this list that we really want to give a bit of love to oh, us. Absolutely is.
0: Absolutely Nightshade. Yeah. So one of our grads, Shanti, is the, the chef. Lena, is, is Shanti an owner or is he, is he the executive chef there? I think he is executive and like consultant. Okay. Nightshade is a relatively new restaurant. I think it opened ooh, I want to say January. It wasn't long ago. Yeah, well, I think January. So, you know, one of the things is is that you really must have done a good job of impressing those the evaluators, the judges and getting your team up to speed right away. Yep. But I mean, Shanti is is one of the most talented grads we we ever had. He's done some amazing things. He's, he's done his fair share of cooking for world leaders, and he's really maintained his roots with his, his Cambodian roots. And I think that that's something that really comes forward in, in everything that he does.
1: Yeah. And you know, he's definitely one of the most talented people yeah. to come out of here, but the one thing you left off is he's also one of the most hard work.:
0: Oh, 100 percent. 100 percent. You know He's always up to his elbows in work and I think that that's something that, that, you know, we really need to, we really need to recognize. So good job, Chant.
1: Yeah.
0: Was there anything else that you wanted to touch base? So I, w- I want, I wanted to just recognize Ann and Chi because again, just up the street from us, another, you know, family-owned restaurant who had really managed to sort of step up
1: the quality of Vietnamese cuisine. Oh, I mean, the uh, the brother and sister have yeah. definitely stepped up I mean, this used to be a mom-and-pop, you know, mm-hmm. your, your typical fall restaurant. And they have elevated Vietnamese cuisine to, to, to a whole nother level. Yeah. I and mean, some of the things that they produce out there, like that, that banh chow, that the yeah. Vietnamese crepe. Yeah. Who, who knew that existed until they started doing it there? Yeah. So, yeah, they're just really bringing Vietnamese cuisine to the forefront, which is really, really interesting to see. And another amazing restaurant in Mount Pleasant. Exactly. You know, and I think, well, I mean,
0: let's do a plug a, a, a fight before we shut it down. We'll, we'll do a, a plug for Main Street. Main Street was voted, three years ago, was voted one of the top 10 most eclectic streets in North America. You know, really, you know, really eclectic, certainly not West Side by any stretch of the imagination. No. It personifies working
1: class. This is a very energetic neighborhood. Yeah. Even when we come out of evening classes, the energy is is always high with, with the restaurant and the nightlife that is out here. But if you want to, you know, have a food tour of, of any street, I would say it would almost take you at least two months to dine at every restaurant on Main Street here. Well, and it, if, you, if you need coffee, you can't go, you know, two blocks without getting a, a, a good coffee shop. I mean, we've, we've been to a few of them here, right? Like a few of them. But yes, your, your choices are definitely endless and uh, they just, they're so good. Absolutely.
0: All right, Eric, with that, we've gone a little bit over time, but for those people that wanted to look up the, the food guide for themselves, they can go to, um, just go to the Michelin guide. Yeah. Go to the Michelin guide. So just, if you Google just Michelin, Vancouver, you're going to get that list. And I think that for anybody there, you know, we were talking about this just before we, we started recording that, if you just started at the top of just the recommendeds mm. and worked your way down, you're going to get the greatest cross section of new and established old guard restaurants in the city. Yeah. And for the most part, there's not a mistake on the list. I mean, there's nothing that I really looked at and went really, Yeah, there may be a couple where I looked at and went, really, that's not on the list. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think that, this is like we we talked about earlier this is setting the bar this is really about now people know what the expectations are they can go i guarantee you everybody on the recommended list is going to try and get onto if they haven't already been to these restaurants in the the one mission star list
1: and figure out what they did that they didn't do absolutely i i think you're right it's going to just elevate dining in the city over the course of the next little bit if not for the foreseeable future, yeah. for these restaurants to make this list, but I just got to say thank you to Mission finally putting the uh, the city on the map and finally recognizing that yeah. the the gems that we know are here now they're going to be able to share it with the rest of the world. Well, and the great thing is is that it really it's a it's a great way to showcase
0: the city without the city having to spend. A whole bunch of money to get people to actually recognize it.
1: We already have this stuff. Let's bring it back.
0: Jonathan, let's bring back the Olympics. Come on. (laughs) That's, That's another episode. But with that, Eric, thank you so much for being on episode 45 of the Northwest Method Express. I'm Jonathan, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you were to find out more information about the school, you can check us out at nwcav.com. Or if you want to find out about our online courses, you can go to the northwestmethod.com. Catch you next time. Bye-bye.